Welcome back to episode number 20 of the Rip City Rundown podcast. Another solo episode. I think we're pushing now. This is our third solo episode of the podcast. Again, co-host is out of town. Couldn't make this podcast. But he knows everything that's going on in the world of the Trailblazers. I'm going to try to keep this short, keep this sweet, not have it run too long. But I'll give you my analysis, my thoughts, my reaction to all that's happened with the Blazers in the last couple days. So fun fact, before I even get into it, I just learned about all this news today. I was out of town as well. I had no phone. I had no cell service. I had no way to learn what was going on in free agency until earlier this morning. So I was sitting there biting my nails, nervous as all get out, wondering what the Blazers were going to do in free agency. Was Norman Powell going to return? Was Carmelo Anthony going to return? So I had no clue what was going on until I get on my phone this morning around, say, 10, 10 11 o'clock in the morning. And notifications just start flying on my phone. Text messages flying on my phone. We got Norm back. Oh, uh, Cody Zeller. And, you know, all that stuff. But we're going to go ahead and hop into it. Well, the first thing, the biggest the biggest storyline for Blazers and free agency was, were we going to re-sign Norman Powell? And that question was answered today. And we have. Norman Powell is returning to the Portland Trailblazers on a five-year, $90 million deal. Five years. For Norman Powell, no player option, just straight up five years on the contract for $90 million. So if my math is right, that's like $18 million a year, I think, which I think is pretty solid for Norm. That is probably what his market was. I'm interested, and I wonder if he got any other contracts, if any other team was super interested in him, if there were better offers on the table, or if he just wanted to return to the Blazers because, I mean, he posted it on his Instagram. He goes, big mood. Let's get it, Rip City. This is the definition of understanding the grind. The definition of understanding the grind. So he wants to come back. He wants to grind for that championship. Grind to the top with a team that he obviously enjoyed playing with. I mean, you could tell the chemistry with him and Dame in the playoffs especially and late in the year. He is definitely a guy that fits this team really strong. I mean... His statistics by the end of the season was, I mean, his time with the Blazers, at least, he averaged 17 points per game. He was shooting 44% from the field, 36% from three. So his numbers definitely dropped off once he came to Portland. But he had a career career year last year, averaging 19.6 when he was with Toronto and shooting almost 50% from the field and 44% from three. So hopefully he gets that Toronto swagger back with him. And it'll be very interesting to see now how the Blazers approach the rest of this offseason because even if we talk about the other moves we made, a lot of people are clowning the Blazers on what they've done so far. They're like, Dame asked for help, and you get him this. And while, yes, it's kind of disappointing, the Blazers were never going to make any huge moves in free agency. It was all about getting smart moves that helped the team in small aspects when it came to free agency because we were never going to have the cap space to go sign uh, DeMar DeRozan of the sorts or Kyle Lowry. I'm just thinking of the big names in free agency. So we were going to have to kind of just 
just kind of improve the team here and there when it came to free agency. The big moves, if we were going to improve the team or change something big with a star, was going to be in a trade. And that trade could still happen down the line. That's a conversation for later. But Norman Powell returns. It'll be interesting to see if he is going to play at that three again. I don't think he should. That three-guard lineup did not work last year in the playoffs. And I just don't think it is the smartest way to build a championship team. Don't know if who that means is going to the bench if we keep all three or if one is going. And that one that would be going is definitely C.J. McCollum. But that's all I'm going to say. Next, the Blazers did, was pick up Cody Zeller, which I actually love this move. On a veteran minimum, we pick up Cody Zeller. He was making $15 million a year with Charlotte. But he's 28 years old. He's got a little injury history. Just a little bit. But we do pick up Cody Zeller, who last year averaged 9 points a game, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists. Now, he did not play the full year. He was injured for part of the year. He only ended up playing 48 games. But I think he is a very solid pickup for a bench piece. Normally, he's starting a lot of games. I mean, he's starting a majority of the games when it came to Charlotte. He started at least half the games every year except 2017 and then this past year. Basically, all throughout his career. He's a efficient, efficient player. I mean, he's shooting normally around the 55% mark from the field. He's not going to wow you with anything. He's not some insane defender. He's not some insane offensive player. But he's a guy that's going to do the right thing and do his job. He never panned out to that high draft pick he was. He was actually the fourth overall pick in 2013. Never lived up to that hype. But he is a solid pickup. And I can't be mad at the move at all. Because we did have Ennis Cantor coming off the bench. And that one did not look good at all. In the playoffs especially. I mean, Zeller's going to be basic. He's going to be a basic player. He is a prototypical backup center. He's going to be efficient, like I said. He's mobile enough. He's going to be better than last year's backup center, obviously, in Cantor. And despite his injuries, he's only going to be playing 20 minutes per game. About 50, 60 games on the year. So for a minimum contract, it's a classic Neil Olshay move. Um, just get value for a deal that looks good on paper. He's not going to go out there and do the risky move because that's just not who he is. And that's that's why I think he should be fired. Um, I know that just took a turn, but th- this is this is kind of a rant I'm about to go on now. This is why the Blazers continue to be in mediocrity because we make moves that, like I said, I even admit it, I like the move. It's a solid move. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I just like it. It's solid. Cody Zeller is not going to change your team at all, really. But he's not going to hurt your team. He's just going to be solid and do his job. He's not going to do anything crazy. He's not going to do anything terrible. He's just going to do his job, and that's what Neil Olshay does. Neil Olshay just goes out and gets the solid player that will help you. And for a team that wants to be in the playoffs every year, like the Blazers have been, sure. It's a, it's a fine way to look at it. Maybe you luck into a Western Conference Finals run like we did in 2019. But if you're pushing for championships... And I think that's what we want to do now. We're not here just looking for playoffs. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna not make the playoffs, at least not make the playoffs like trying to go hard and going for a championship, making something risky happen. With that being said, it's not gonna happen. Neil Olshay. I mean, if he was gonna be fired, he was gonna be fired when Terry Stotts got fired. But ownership is keeping him in the in the driver's seat. 
and we're going to continue to just be a solid team. And you can't be mad at being a solid team, but you can't be excited. You can't be hopeful. I mean, sure, you can be hopeful, I guess, but it's just like our ceiling was that Western Conference Finals run, and that's all I'm going to say on that topic. Next pickup was Ben McLemore. This, other than bringing back Norman Powell, obviously, might have been my favorite pickup of this free agency crop so far. We don't know the details on the contract, but Ben McElmore is going to be a shooter. That's all you can say. He's going to shoot the lights out the ball, hopefully. And I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. But obviously, he's kind of been a, a journeyman around the NBA so far throughout his career. Again, another high draft pick that did not really pan out to what the Kings, I think, who drafted him wanted him to be. But last year, he did average eight points a game, two rebounds. He was shooting the ball solidly from three. He shot only, he actually says he only shot 35%. But if you look at his year at Houston, the year before, in the bubble especially, he shot the ball very well. He's going to be a guy that's just going to come in and shoot the ball. He's shot 40% from three before in his career. And I hope that's what he does this year. He's going to be a guy that's not going to play a lot of minutes probably. He's going to be like a a Gary Trent Jr. before he made his uh, – before he started popping off in the bubble. Like early 2020 Gary Trent Jr. He's going to play like 10 to 20 minutes maybe, probably 10 to 15 actually, and just hit, a, hit maybe two shots, hit two threes, and play solid defense. So I like the pickup. I hope it's nothing more than a minimum honestly though, but we're still awaiting details on that. The final one is Tony Snell. We pick up Tony Snell. Love it. Love Tony Snell. I'm kidding. It's a solid move. Again, this is probably going to be a minimum, but we don't know the details completely yet. Five points a game, two and a half rebounds, one assist on ridiculously good shooting splits. I mean, he shot the ball 51% from the field, 56% from three, and 100% from the free throw line. The first player in NBA history to go 50 50 100. So why is he not getting a max contract? Because he only took 12 free throws on the year. But he did hit one three game, which is nothing to hang your head on. He actually started half the games he played in for the Hawks. He was actually a big piece for that Hawks team. He's been a big piece on Milwaukee playoff teams before. He's been a piece on Chicago playoff teams. He's been a he's a, he's as much as you want to say it, he's never won a championship, but he's a winner. He's going to help you make the playoffs. So I don't hate it again. Another one of those where it just doesn't excite me. I don't love it. But I can't get mad at it. I mean, it's probably just going to be a solid pickup. Like, we look at all these other teams and they, like, other playoff teams, other big championship-level teams. Like, you look at the Suns. They have campaign. They had campaign on a vet minimum, but he played big minutes. I just hope one of these guys, like, maybe Ben McElmore, just, like, gets hot at one point in the year and has a great stretch. Hope that happens at some point for the Blazers. But those are our four pickups so far. Norman Powell, Cody Zeller, Ben McLemore, and Tony Snell. The Norman Powell one I'm super excited about. The other ones, meh. Meh. Not mad about it. I'll talk quickly about the draft because I haven't made a podcast since the draft, I believe. If I'm correct, let me check when the last podcast was. The last podcast was on July 28th, and July 28th was on a Saturday. 
So I might have talked about this. I'm not sure though. I don't think I did. But July 28th, I really put July 28th was not a Saturday. It was not a Saturday. I'm mistaken. July 28th was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Sorry, that really probably threw everyone off listening. But we pick up two players, one player on the draft, one player on a two-way contract. Pick up Greg Brown the third and then Trenton Watford on the two-way contract. Can't speak much about Trenton Watford. Didn't really look much into him when I saw the signings, but as I pull up his stats right now, I'll give you a little insight on how he played his year at LSU. He's a 6'9 forward. He's 240. He averaged 16 points a game, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists on a pretty solid LSU team. So he's not a bad player whatsoever. He's not much of a shooter. I think he's more of a post player because he only shot the ball 31% from 3 on 2 attempts. So I can't say he's a great 3-point shooter. But, I mean, you're averaging 16 points in the SEC. I can't be mad at you. But then the big move of the night, and I can't even say it was a big move because obviously we didn't have our we didn't have our picks in this draft because of the Robert Covington trade. And remember that meme? Remember that meme, guys? The two first-round picks per miss dunk for uh, Robert Covington? Sorry, I'm trying to pull up Greg Brown's stats right now. But if I'm, if I'm not mistaken... Greg Brown was a very high recruit, very high recruit. He went to Texas where he didn't have the best year. Um, again, I can't can't pull up his college stats right now because my computer doesn't want to doesn't want to cooperate. But we trade back in to the 43rd overall pick to pick up Greg Brown. I think we traded a future seconds at some point. Uh, he's a 6'9 power forward. Okay, he averaged 9.6 rebounds on 42% from the field and 33% from three. Averaged a block a game, which is always solid. He only played 20 minutes a game on Texas, who was a very good team throughout the year and got upset in the NCAA tournament to Abilene Christian. But Greg Brown is an absolute athlete. He might be one of the best athletes in the draft. And that's why I love the pick, because he is just an absolute project. But he has a very high ceiling for at least a second-round pick. But also he has it could have a very low floor where he doesn't ever play for the Blazers. I think of him like an Asir Little, a little more risky, obviously, because he was a second round pick. But Nasir Little had all the talent in the world coming out of high school. Projected to be a top three pick, top five pick in the draft once he entered college, but he had a down year at UNC, never started, and he dropped too late in the first round. This guy, Greg Brown, is a similar case. While he wasn't the top three prop prospect. He was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to go in the lottery. Didn't have the best year at Texas, but still declared for the draft and goes in the second round to the Blazers. He was still an all-freshman member in the Big 12. But he is going to be a guy that's going to run the floor and be an absolute freaky athlete, catch lobs probably in the summer league, um, and hopefully he makes the roster. I would be surprised if he doesn't. But those are the draft picks. Not much analysis on that. I'm sorry if you were looking for draft analysis, but this is a free agency video. Now we're going to talk about the people that have departed from the Blazers, and this one kind of hurts. It kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. I'll go with the one that sucks less, but Carmelo Anthony is going to go to the Lakers. Carmelo Anthony is going to ring chase. I can't get mad at him. 
because, I mean, he's, what, 37, 38? But he's technically a ring chaser, so tough. But he's going to sign there probably on a minimum. I don't know if the actual contract details have come out yet, but it's a one-year deal. I think it has to be a minimum for the Lakers to be able to sign him. But he goes to a star-studded Lakers team that has been crazy active in this free agency. I mean, they picked up Russell Westbrook via trade. They pick up um, Malik Monk, Dwight Howard. They bring back THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, and they pick up Kendrick Nunn. So, I mean, they're they're getting a lot of guys in there. But, I mean, if you look at this team on paper, if this team was in 2013, and you would think it was an all-star team. You got Melo, who was amazing back then. Dwight Howard, who was amazing. AD, who was really good. You got Russell Westbrook, who was amazing. And, obviously, LeBron James, the best player of all time, as some people think. But Melo goes to the Lakers. I can't say I'm mad because, honestly, I was kind of hoping he left. I wish he didn't go to the Lakers, but I guess it was either the La- it was going to be some big market because that's what Melo is. Nothing against his personality, but he does like the spotlight. But the one thing we are losing with Melo is that veteran leadership, just that, that confidence that even just the scoring off the bench, he was still, I think, like a 12-point-per-game score off the bench. And while he pissed me off so many times throughout the year by – going 2-4-11 for the game and have ending with four points. He was still a guy that came up clutch in a lot of situations for the Blazers. I think back on the Raptors game winner. I think back to the bubble where he hit two corner threes against the Grizzlies um, to help us go to the playoffs. And I think back on those moments, I'm like, he's a big shot maker. He still shot 40% from three last year. But it will probably result now with him leaving. The bench is going to be a little more fluid offensively. At least, hopefully, hopefully losing him doesn't hurt the bench. I think it'll help because now we are, like I said, it's going to be more of actually a scheme coming off the bench instead of feed Melo in the post. But I'm just a basketball fan here. I'm not a coach, so maybe losing Melo was big. But congrats to Melo. You got a great chance to get your first ring next year. Just go out and get that, baby. And next, this is the one that really hurts my heart, and it's Zach Collins. Zach Collins is leaving to go to the Spurs. Three years, $22 million. I'm happy for Zach Collins because, he, he, despite his injuries, he's, he's, getting, he's getting $22 million. He got a long-term deal, which I'm extremely surprised by because, I mean, this is a guy that has, in the last two years have played, like, 12 games, and that just came in the bubble and got hurt in the bubble. So... It hurts, though, because I really think Zach Collins could have been really good this year for us. And I think he was a really big piece of that Western Conference Finals team. But it's just, he's made of glass, dude. I mean, he's fragile. He's a fragile guy. And uh, I just hope he gets those injuries sorted out. I still hope and wish for him the best. And I hope he has a lot of success with the Spurs. I mean, I, I see him being a very solid member of that Spurs team that is really young. I mean, they just got rid of DeMar DeRozan. They look to be going in a semi-rebuild. So hopefully Zach Collins can be a big piece of that team in the future. I mean, he's still, like, low 20s. I mean, if I had to guess, he's probably only, like, 23 years old. But, I mean, uh, I just – I you feel for him. You hope that – I mean, you, don't, you feel for him, but at the same time, you're super happy for him because, again, he got that money. A lot of people thought the most he was going to get is the $5 million qualifying offer from the Trailblazers. And then going to unrestricted free agency, 
on a year where he might not even play. Because remember, he's probably out for a while this year after that surgery. But I really liked Zach Collins. I wish he never got injured. I think he could have been a huge part. And it really hurts because it's a bad miss for Neil Olshay in the draft. I mean, you had players saying they want Donovan Mitchell. You had Bam Adebayo on the board. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but you missed on a pick. Hate to say it. Um, the final players when it comes to free agency for the Blazers is the undecided players, the ones that still have not signed anywhere. Uh, TJ Leaf, Kelgen Blevins, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Harry Giles, and Enes Cantor. I look at those, and none of those I'm really dying to bring back, but I wouldn't be mad if any of them got brought back. If Enes Cantor came back, he would be center number three on the roster, but you can never have too much size, as we learned that last year with our injuries. So I want to be mad if we brought him back. Probably the person I would want to bring back the most on that list is Harry Giles, just because of his age and his tenacity when he plays. So, I mean, and then Kelvin Blevins because he's Damian Lillard's cousin, and I want Damian Lillard to stay. But that is that when it comes to free agency. The current roster right now is looking like a guard. The point guard position, you got Dame and Anthony Simons. Other guard, you got C.J. McCollum and Norman Powell. You got Ben McLemore, C.J. Ellaby, Tony Snell, Robert Covington, DJJ, Nasir Little, Greg Brown, Trendon Watford, and then Yusuf Nurkic and Cody Zeller. So that is that. So the question is, is this what our roster is going to be looking like coming up in the 2021-2022 season? I'm going to try to pull up the best remaining free agents left, see if there's anybody out there that I think the Blazers could go get. Um, And while I do that, I'll talk about the Summer League real quick because the Blazers start the Summer League. I'm not sure when, but the Blazers' Summer League roster is looking pretty good. I can't lie. It's a mix of young talent, and it's got a couple veteran players on the roster. They start next week, I think, in Summer League. And we've got 15 players on the roster, led by C.J. Ellaby. We got Nasir Little, so two guys that have NBA experience. We have Eric McCree, never heard of him. George King, again, never heard of him. Kenneth Farid is on the roster, on the Summer League roster. Could he get a Blazers roster spot? Remember, all these guys are fighting for roster spots, except, obviously, the guys that have already been on it. Uh, Michael Beasley. We've got Michael Beasley on the roster. That'll be funny. I mean, if you want to tune in, just watch Michael Beasley go after it because he is going to be cooking in the summer league. He's not going to get a job for the Blazers, I hope, but he's going to be a fun guy to watch in the summer league. we got Jordan Crawford, a veteran, Antonio Blakeney out of LSU, obviously Greg Brown the third, our draft pick, Milton Doyle, Emmanuel Moutier, Mark Vital, the Baylor man, uh, Trendon Watford, Caleb Wesson, and Kobe Simmons. Fun fact, Kobe Simmons played my high school in high school basketball. I got to witness him live in high school. Uh, and I skipped over the Emmanuel Moutier like it's something, but again, another big veteran coming in. Emmanuel Moutier, high, high draft pick of the Nuggets just probably five or so years back. And look at him now on the Blazers Summer League team. So... That is the Blazers Summer League. Not much to say about that. Um, but hey, there you have it for the Summer League. I mean, now I'm looking at, I'm going to try to pull up best 
remaining. Kind of just rambling now, but that's what this podcast is about now when I have no partner. I need you to come back from vacation. Um, best remaining NBA free agents left. As we look at it, I'm struggling to find a list of free agents. The internet's selling here at my cribbo. But, I mean, I know Kawhi's still a free agent. He's still out there. He's probably going to go back. Not many teams have cap space left. The Blazers, I think, just have the 5.9 mid-level exception left, which I don't think we'll be able to use on anyone that's going to drastically change our franchise. But they could definitely help. I can't find a list of NBA free agents left. John Collins is still out there, but obviously nothing's going to happen to him. Okay, let me pull this up right here. The best remaining free agents left, Lowry Markin still out there, Kelly Oubre, Reggie Jackson, I think is still out there, Josh Hart, Bruce Brown might be still out there, if I'm not mistaken. Danny Green could be out there. Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Davis, Paul Millsap. That's a guy I wanted to talk about. Paul Millsap is a guy that I could see the Blazers signing with the 5.9 mid-level exception or whatever we have. Um, he's a guy that Neil Olshay has had his eye on for years. I mean, he's wanted to sign Paul Millsap for a long, long time. We're sitting at 25 minutes into this episode. I promise I'll try to wrap up within 30 minutes, maybe go over. I was hoping to keep this short and sweet, but I obviously jumped and started rambling a lot. But the Paul Millsap thing, I think Paul Millsap could be a great pickup. He would be a big-time backup four, which is a spot that we don't really have right now, and he could definitely start some games too. Um, So Paul Millsap is a guy that I look at, and I think that the Blazers should definitely be interested in him. And then another wild hypothetical that I did see on Twitter from Danny Meringue is a little sign-and-trade. With the Trailblazers involving Derek Jones Jr. for Lowry Markkinen on a 3 for 30, 3 years, 30 million, and then 10 AAV. I'm not even sure what that means, but on the back end. And the transactions, and it'll slide underneath the cap space apron. But I saw that, and I was slightly intrigued. But who knows? Who knows? The Blazers are in a weird spot right now. It's going to be interesting to see if Olshay makes the big move. That's still just what's going to make or break the offseason. It is if Neil Olshay wants to make the big move. Um, the time is now, if any time. Uh, it's just some guys that I see a lot of Blazers fans wanting is Pascal Siakam. Uh, and while it intrigues me, it doesn't really give me a lot of confidence. But, I mean, Pascal Siakam was a big part of that championship team in Toronto. I mean, he was a number three. You could possibly say he was a number two, but it was definitely Kyle Lowry. But he has that championship experience, which you can never take away from a player. Some other guys, I mean, Tobias Harris, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, the same guys we've been talking about from the beginning of the offseason. We could bring in. But who knows? I mean, the Blazers are in a very weird spot. Uh, final thing I'll talk about actually now that I think about Team USA. Team USA moves on to the quarter, no, to the semifinals. Not sure who they are going to be playing in the semifinals. 
All I know is that Damian Lillard is still playing basketball. For Team USA, and that's fun to see. I think he ended with like 10 points against Spain. I mean, it was it was scary for a little bit. They had a 10-point deficit at one point in the game, but they did come back. I mean, Ricky Rubio, 38 points. Talk about having a game. Uh, it looks like he's a star point guard now. But Damon ended with 11 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. On 4-10 shooting, 2 of 7 from the f- from 3. Uh, Kevin Durant was the big player from this game, 29 points on 4 threes. And 10 of 17 from the field. So if I'm not mistaken, the Blazers, or just not the Blazers, Team USA, let's figure out who they play. Olympic basketball schedule. Olympic basketball bracket. Um, we might be playing Slovenia. Let's check. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm not sure who we're playing in the next round because, again, just I look up Olympic basketball bracket and nothing comes up. All right, tomorrow night. Nope, that's women. We will be playing Australia, a team we've lost to already on Thursday, August 5th at 12.15 a.m. So technically tomorrow night at 12 in the morning. But... That shall be an absolute doozy of a game. I mean, obviously, Australia's got the Patty Mills, who signed with the Nets today, Matisse Thibel, Joe Ingles, uh, Josh Green, a lot of good college players. I don't, I don't think Giddy's out there, but Josh Giddy's another Australian player. So Australia has the talent, but I hope Team USA moves on so we get to watch Damian Lillard in the championship going for gold. That would hopefully get his, get his attitude up. But that's it for the podcast today. This was episode 20. I told you I'd keep it short and sweet. I told you I'd keep it under 30. We're at 29.56 right now. No, we're actually probably at like 30, 30 minutes and 30 seconds or something with the intro as well. But I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe if you're listening on the YouTube channel, Peak Reacts. Make sure to like if you're also on that YouTube channel. Make sure to download it if you're on Spotify just to help me get my numbers up because... It helps get this podcast out to more people. And yeah, that's all I have. Make sure to just keep supporting. Keep supporting the Blazers. Keep supporting the Rip City Rundown podcast. Make sure to go follow the Instagram at rip.city.rundown for all Blazers news that you need. That'll be it. Make sure to subscribe. I've said that three times now. But I'll catch you in the next episode. Hopefully I have my partner back in the studio for that. That'll be it, guys. Peace.